Hi guys, on this show we'll be looking at Lovitz, Idle, Pickles, Arquette, Covert, Taylor, Barrymore and Sandler. That's right, we'll be wearing double denim in 1998's The Wedding Singer. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of 100 Things We Learned From Film. I am your first host and my name is Mark Plant. And I'm your second host, I'm John Watson. Number two, how are you? <laughs> Never call me a deuce to my face. <laughs> I'm alright, mate, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thanks. Very well indeed. Uh, looking forward to rattling through another film and seeing if we can get to 100 things that's what we do on this podcast dear listener we will sit in the comfort of our own homes watch a movie once twice three times a lady and we will see if we can come up with 70 things each seven zero if we can we'll then battle out uh, those 70 whittle them down to see if we can come up with uh, 100 between us so we are talking this week about what, John Boy? We are talking about 1998's The Wedding Singer. The Wedding Singer. Adam Sandler's back and he's funny this time, yeah, perhaps, funny. maybe. Yeah, yeah, he's funny, yeah. funny. What else came out in 98 that we may so, cover in the future? A couple of, a couple of weird ones. Uh, Fallen. I remember watching it, and if I remember right, it's about a criminal that can transfer himself by touch. It was a um, John. I'm sure it was John Goodman and Denzel Washington were in it. All right, okay. Is yeah. that that's not the one where it's the internet and it's Russell Crowe's the bad guy? No, 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 no. no. Virtuosity. Oh, Virtuosity is that one. Yeah, that's yeah. a film. Yeah. No, no. This was this was basically just about a serial killer that that could pretty much. Touch anybody and transfer him to himself. It's, it's a bit of a weird one. Uh, Rounders with um, Matt Kevin Damon. Bacon? Is it? No, no, no. no I'm, I don't know. Who knows? Oh, no, no. It's, um, I was just double checking there. Uh, Matt Damon and who's that guy that played the Hulk that mucked up the franchise because he was an over. Oh, Eric No, no, the, the second one. Edward Norton. Uh, Edward Norton. Yeah, yeah, yeah excellent. Actually, I disagree. Uh, Edward Norton is a difficult actor. But he is a very good actor. Uh, I would have rather have had Eric Bernard as the Hulk, personally. But what do I know? Ooh, uh, one that would probably both like uh, Dark City. Oh yeah, Dark City's a great movie. Dark Need City to revisit that. Uh, uh, came out '98, same year as The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold my beer. I'm going to upset the listeners. Better movie than The Matrix. Just, uh, just oh, people were sitting there spinning. At me. At me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Much better movie. Also filmed in Australia. Uh, we got Snake Eyes with uh, <laughs> that's a good one, yeah, yeah, Great Cage and Armageddon. Uh, uh, not even the best asteroid movie that year. <laughs> no, nah, it was it was pretty lame, wasn't it? It was just yeah. so sentimental, wasn't it? I liked the one where Tia Leone got obliterated by a giant wave. That yeah, was my while, stand, while, that was stand, while standing on the beach, hey, yeah, where we go, yeah, <laughs> but, that, <laughs> but that's you, that's uh, that's it, that's all she that's wrote. 
Fantastic. Uh, just before we get started talking about the movie, so this month, the month of June, we are donating uh, for every download uh, 10 pence overseas listeners. That is 0.10 of your British pound sterling to LGBT Youth Scotland. So if you haven't downloaded uh, previous episodes, give that a go because we will be donating on the 1st of July for the total number of downloads in the month. If you want to donate, please do go to lgbtyouth.org.uk forward slash donate or Google LGBT Youth Scotland and they will accept your money. They will take your money. They do some great work. Your monies. They are fantastic and we we care very, very much about the work that they do. So we would like you to put your hand in your pocket if you have downloaded all the podcasts. If not, download the podcast and make us put our hand in our pockets. Why not? <laughs> in the meantime, let's get started with The Wedding Singer. Uh, warning, there are some adult themes, uh, some of which, a couple of which are a little bit out of date uh, as we look at it now in 2021. But also, there are some pretty awful hairdos and oh, clothes. Yeah, it's most much. of which John owned in the 80s. yeah. But, hey, I, I don't <laughs> mind. I had some pebble, uh, pebble, uh, was it pebble wash jeans? Oh yeah, well, don't yeah. wash jeans for Dunn the different effects. Jeans. Oh yeah, so yeah. and I had a denim jacket where the kids, you know, uh, Heinz beans <laughs> embroidered, and and I thought what? it was. A, yeah, coolest thing ever. Me and a friend actually had the same jacket, and it was basically like a dark blue denim jacket with green piping and had a Heinz Beans badge on it. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. You being from Glasgow, that was three years ago. The exactly, land that time exactly. forgot. Yeah. I got to say what everyone wants, and believe me, not everyone wanted it. <laughs> Nobody wanted it. <laughs> just you just you and your pal were just the only me. people that ever bought one. Exactly. I couldn't pass him in the street when he was wearing it, though. <laughs> Uh, and to think there were 40, 57 varieties of that jacket. <laughs> we we open up at a wedding. Uh, as as we've just discussed, it's 80s outfits ago go-go. And Adam Sandler is singing Dead or Alive, yeah, You Spin Me, oh, right round. Classic. Brackets like a record. Uh, that one is the fantastic Dead or Alive. Yep. They are from, or were from Liverpool in England. Uh, they sold 30 million albums and 25 million singles worldwide. Woofed. Uh, they broke up in 2016 after Pete Burns died. Oh, he was in Big Brother, yeah. wasn't he? He was yeah. on Big Brother, yeah. He, uh, he, he liked to do a lot of plastic surgery to his face, and I think ultimately that's what, what did for him during an operation, which is, which is sad. But that song was his first ever number one, and it was Ray Stockton and Waterman. Remember those guys? Oh, I do remember them. Wow, well done. <laughs> I didn't have either of those. What I did have was it was uh, 1984 from the album Youthquake. It was number one in Switzerland and the UK, uh, right. and number two in West Germany. Now, Keep your eye on Vest Germany, because they keep coming up in, in, in the charts of this podcast uh, today. They really do. 
His band's made up of the most random kind of ragtag group of people. The guy on the guitar looks like Ronnie Wood. The bass player looks like he's out of the specials. (laughs) And the guy on the the drummer looks like a really old kind of lounge drummer. Looks like he should be Richard Cheese's band, doesn't he? (laughs) He really does, doesn't he? Sitting in the background there. And on the keyboards uh, is basically a Boy George impersonator. Called yeah, George. George, yeah. yeah Alex, Alex, is it? Uh, Alexis, Alexis R.I.P., by the way. Oh, really? Cause, uh, yeah, I, yeah, she I remember, died. I remember her from mm. Pulp Fiction. Um, yes, you do. Yeah, you do, yeah. And the this most what a family man David Patricia and Rosanna yeah. Arquette man yeah was... what what all stars what all stars all and I think was their dad was their dad an actor or their I grandpa? think so yeah there was somebody yeah. else that was that was famous in there but uh, it's it's quite a famous family isn't it yeah he's um he was he was briefly the the uh, David Arquette was briefly the WWE World Champion for like thirty seconds. Did you know that he, he, he was he was in and and now he does wrestling. He's nearly died four times. I, I thought you were going to say he's done an Andy Kaufman there and tried to uh, <laughs> walk quite. into the ring and <laughs> take the piss. The song finishes. The groom's brother gets up. The always brilliant Steve Buscemi. Steve oh. Buscemi should do more comedy, yeah. and and not just because Adam Sandler's got pictures of him naked. Yeah, there's because something he's going in on. all of these movies. He must really think Adam Sandler's funny. Well, they, I think they, because I thought Drew Barrymore had been in a lot more, but he's been in eleven films, and she has done only, only three. Maybe four. I, yeah. Well, is it four? There's this one, Fifty First Dates, and that blended thing that my sister, Elizabeth, you have noticed in films, swears by. She absolutely loves it. And I'm like, kid, you used to have such great taste in films. We used to share so much in common. I don't even know you anymore. Uh, You're dead to me. Goodbye. Yeah, pretty much. No, but she goes on about this blended movie. Oh, it's actually really funny. No, it isn't, kid. Uh, Fifty First Dates, I think, is very problematic today. Oh, yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, she wakes up and she doesn't remember. Membrane. She's got a mental... Ooh, that's I've yeah, only watched that once. Good. I've seen this millions of times, by the way. This week? <laughs> Alone. Yeah, I've, I, I, I still just started watching it. All the sound, the, 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 the music kicks in, and then you see all this stuff, and you think, man, it just yeah. takes you back. It's just a good film. I like it. Steve Buscemi's drunk. Uh, he's kind of up on the, the thing. He says, oh, Harold, you know, you're such a great guy. So mm. much better than me. But but guess what? i got a newsflash for you, Pop. Harold's not that great. <laughs> would you remember we were in Costa Rica and we had those two women? I guess you would call them prostitutes, but I don't remember paying. And that's it. You know, it's Magic kind Wayne. of like, yep. yeah, he's, he's, he's playing the guitar, which I thought he was very good at. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of jumping around the place. Um, obviously, everybody's really upset, uh, but the wedding singer, Adam Sandler's character, uh, Robbie Hart, he's called, diffuses the situation really well. Yeah, I thought he, really does. he says, "Look, you know, I'm getting married next year, next week, sorry." Um, and he, and he says, "Look, you know," he says, "You'll you you meet each other, and 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 the feeling is, you know, the feelings there, and all the sadness, loneliness goes Everything away." goes away. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he, he takes a break and George gets up to sing, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Now, the running joke with Do You Really Want to Hurt Me is everybody hates it or hates George. Mm-hmm. But Do You Really Want to Hurt Me was massive. Was Culture huge. Club were f- a phenomenon 
in yeah. the 80s. Yeah, they yeah, really were much. the best new artist Grammy winners in 84, and they won the best British group Brit Award <laughs> the same year. The Brit Awards are back, listeners. You were wondering <laughs> where they'd been for all this time. Oh, uh, Americans and, and, and other overseas listeners, uh, the Brit Awards is basically the Grammys, but only if you're British. So this particular song uh, was released in 1982, and here goes, was number one in Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, France, Ireland, Sweden, Switzerland, the UK, and West Germany. West Germany again. West Germany is back, John. <laughs> we are back. We never went away. <laughs> they didn't really, did they? They just, no. they just amalgamated again and, yeah. and you know reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, which for me, really, really impressive number of uh, of number ones. Yeah, but the, the joke is they hate him and he's rubbish. But actually, and I don't know if he's miming. I mean, it's not the original song. He he, he sings quite a few bits in this. Yeah, and it sounds really good. And and it is. It's it's really really good. And throughout, she is really good. You know, mm. she's really really good. But everyone hates it. It's the joke. And and again, perhaps the joke is that the less tolerant eighties. But I hope it isn't. Yeah, I hope it's that it's not I, the setting I, for that particular song. I think it was just the, uh, the, what I got from it is I think it was just the song itself was ahead of its time, and the, the people at the wedding didn't get it. I'm hoping yeah. that's what it was because yeah, yeah. that would make me a sense. Because I remember when it first came out, you either loved it or hated it, or the young ones really enjoyed it, and it was just all different. Whereas the older ones are looking, sitting, putting, yeah. looking down their noses at it. So I'm, I'm hoping it's that. Yeah, Karma Chameleon's a brilliant song. <laughs> oh. Yeah. In fact, in fact, a lot of the maybe the first two albums are really good. All the singles are good. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, because they're all looking over and pulling faces. By the way, Bobby Cannavale's in this for like two mini, like there's yeah. two shots. He's two shots. feeding the kid the drink. Yeah, and then later on, he's pulling faces. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, the the joke at the time is that Steve Buscemi looks over and says, "Oh, I like her." That's not a joke anymore. Like if that, that, that is that doesn't like all that power to you, girl, because that's not a gag anymore. <laughs> uh, Sammy's the limo driver, and he's trying to sleep with all the staff. Uh, he notices the new girl, who's a girl called Julia. Uh, he says, uh, "He says you want to be like Fonzie, don't you?" He says, "Yeah." <laughs> Fonzie, of course, was Henry Winkler. Uh, he later appears in the Waterboy. Waterboy, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I think I mean. he's very briefly in that little Nicky movie. I think he appears oh, very Lord. briefly in a scene just for a moment. No seen that for a long time. No, no I, I don't think I ever need to watch that again. <laughs> uh, in Milwaukee, which is where Happy Days was set, on the river, there's a statue of the Fonz. Got to see that. In Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Wow. In, that's right, in Milwaukee. <laughs> um, and one of my, and this just to bring it back to last week's episode. If you remember, Jules in Pulp Fiction says to Amanda Plummer's character, we're all going to be little Fonzies. And what do, what's little Fonzie like, he says? And Amanda Plummer says, cool. That's right, baby. He's cool. <laughs> he is cool. <laughs> Last uh, week's episode, of course, Amanda Plummer in So I Married an Ex-Murderer. The legend is. Mm, you love her, don't you? You are a big uh, fan. I know. She's really, really good. Enjoy her. Uh, so in the kitchen, 
Drew Barrymore's character, Julia, and Christine, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Cannot see her without thinking Marsha in that Brady Bunch movie. Oh, really? Yeah, and oh. the, obviously the woman that married Ben Stiller and was in all of his movies. <laughs> I, just, I just see her and oh, there was Dodgeball, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was yeah. really good then, Dodgeball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put my heart on my sleeve here. This is an attractive woman. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. got to say it. This oh, is without a doubt. Woman. Yeah, yeah. And a fine actor. Uh, she is in loads and loads of stuff. I'm pretty sure she's the bad girl in The Craft who loses a hair for torturing yeah. one of them. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. She looks just like Marsha in that. I think it's probably a couple of years after. They're talking. Julia wants more prime rib for the meal. And the chef, who's basically this... Eastern European kind of Please not ball. not a character, isn't he? He's, <laughs> you know, uh, he says, uh, always with the prime rib. Make them eat the fish. Uh, but Holly doesn't have a problem because she showed the chef her boobs at a Christmas do. <laughs> That's all you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, Julia won't do it. She's engaged to a guy called Glenn. It's been two years, but he won't set a date. The chef just undoes his jumper, pulls it apart, and he goes, relax. relax. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, of course, relax. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Uh, you can get a T-shirt on Etsy at the moment for £10 plus postage, John, if yep. you wanted a Frankie Says Relax T-shirt, which I think's got to come around again, right? Well, Ross Geller wore it last, didn't he? Oh, so he did. Yes, yeah, so he did. Please <laughs> leather pants. <laughs> but, oh, my God, yeah. Prime rib could be one of two things. It could be a ribeye steak or it could be slices of roast rib joint but you don't see any of the prime rib because it's all gone right. what you see is the the fish which basically looks like minced fish in parsley sauce it looks minging oh, that's, that's gross yeah more meat chat on this podcast after uh, so much vegan chat over the last couple of kind of weeks <laughs> so outside Robbie's letting the drunk kid throw up in the skip uh, Julia sat there. She's waitressing his wedding next week. He says to her, "Oh, you know, she said, oh, you getting married? Yeah, well, I'll be getting married too, uh, but it's about setting a date. I'm worried that I'm doomed to wander the planet like the Incredible Hulk, which made me think of only one thing: do 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. Absolutely. Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrino starred in The Incredible Hulk. Uh, they had 80 episodes and five TV films. Oh, God, so they did. I forgot they did films. Yeah, it's Jesus. still more watchable than either of those two Incredible Hulk movies that the MCU have put out. Yeah, Again, yeah. at me, guys, I don't care. I do not <laughs> care. Uh, Bill Bixby, RIP. Lou Ferrino, Lou Ferrigno. Fantastic actor, in spite of being deaf. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know that until I was watching a, a muscle, like one of those strongman competition yeah, yeah. things. And yeah, it was. Uh, it's this because when he was talking, I was like, "What was that? What's going on there?" Is that an accent? Yeah, 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 no. yeah. But it turns out he's partially deaf. Yeah, big, big, uh, big, big pals with Arnold. But I, yeah, yeah, he was so close to beating him in one of his competitions as well. So we cut scenes to Robbie teaching this old woman, Rosie, to sing. Yeah. Ellen Albertini Dow, by the way, but he's teaching her to sing. He's yeah. teaching her to sing Till There Was You for her 50th anniversary party. 
Till There Was You, written by Meredith Wilson, who is a bloke, by the way, bloke called Meredith, in 1950. It's in the show and the film The Music Man uh, and was covered by the Beatles in 1963. Oh, she should have been played by Betty White as well, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, she was never running to play the part. She wasn't old enough. Yeah. She was busy killing off the other Golden Girls. Is that (laughs) what it was? Carte Blanche. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Golden Wedding, by the way, is 50 years. And the gift is gold. Is there anything else you can give? Well, meatballs, I say. Give her fucking meatballs. Meatballs, exactly. Titled cow. There you (laughs) are. That's some meatballs, dame. No, even on a plate, right in the hand. No. I see, yeah, let me see you eat them. <laughs> I know, I know, let me watch you eat your balls. Oh. Creepy, creepy girl. So she's going she's gonna to be at his wedding as well. Are you nervous about the wedding night? Um, I'd, I'd had intercourse with eight men. That's like 200 today. <laughs> <laughs> Julia's mum drops her off at work. Uh, and she's talking about how to get Glenn to ask her to marry her. Try a fake pregnancy to get oh, him to do it. Funny. It worked with funny. your father. <laughs> Robbie's waiting. The bride is late. Uh, there's some string quartet who you can't see, don't exist, playing a string version of Don't Stop Believing. Believe by Journey. What a, by Journey. What a... 1981, John. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I think it's overplayed overhyped shit this i've never liked this song it's never been for me um, and and proof being in the us it got to number nine mm-hmm. in australia it made it to number 62 and in the uk it made it to number 100 in the charts so only the americans like don't stop believing because i certainly don't it's it's not for me i think the last time i heard it unironically was not not this of course. Yeah. Was that Glee show? Did they yeah. not do it? Oh that yeah. that thing. Just just brings it the best in you, oh, doesn't it? Oh that just makes <laughs> yeah, it just make just till till my, my, my fists are bloody stumps, that show. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Robbie's sister turns up. Linda's not coming. She left a note. Uh, she's just changed her mind. She can't go through with it. I think he says, oh, so it was a bad note. And then he goes in and starts smashing up this. Where, where is he? It's like he's in some sort of some sort of crazy Yeah, like a tent. changing room. Yeah, yeah like a like a velvet-covered changing room or something. Yeah. Like, like did he go in there in his in his jeans and his and his kind of cut off t shirt and, and then get changed into his suit? <laughs> like Mr. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> little shopkeeper yeah. outside wearing like a wizard's <laughs> kind of fez yeah okay. <laughs> uh, what I miss though uh, a recipe for traditional Italian meatballs you soak bread in milk and then you squeeze out the moisture and crumble the bread into beef mince add an egg, oregano salt and pepper, mix and separate into meatballs Italian meatballs are smaller than what you would expect uh, they're called polpettes and are not served with spaghetti in Italy. The spaghetti and the meat courses on a menu are two separate courses. Right. So you have your spaghetti first, and then you have your, your meatballs in a sauce. Oh. There you go. So try that next time, you're, uh, <laughs> next time you've got the old uh, 
Glaswegian ragu family out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Try that. But yeah, polpettes, they are called. Sorry about my pronunciation. Um, Italian people. That's the whole nation of Italy. But you're shit out at football, so you can have that. <laughs> Back at the house, there's the brother-in-law talking to Sammy. Now, my favourite character in this whole movie is the brother-in-law. With the pubic hair <coughs> with, on his head. With, yeah, right? <laughs> and I... I did you recognise him from anything? Yeah, that was one. Was that the one we were talking about for last week? No, the week before the previous show. Is that the one with the? It is. We was... mentioned it. We did mention it in a previous show. Of course, we mm-hmm. did. Yes, how yeah, could I forget? You, you, you mentioned him and thought, "Oh, that's that pubic hair guy with the." <laughs> I did. He <laughs> he's called Frank Severo. His character in this is Andy. And he is the worst actor in the whole movie. Oh, yeah. But I love him. And and the reason I love him is he is uh, Frankie Carbone in Goodfellas. So he's the guy, you know, they all start to get caught. Yep. And it plays Eric Clapton. It's my favourite scene in the whole movie, by the way. Um, They found him in the meat truck. It took three days to thaw him out. <laughs> that bit. So he's Frankie Carbone. Not to be confused with uh, Tommy Two Time. I'm going to get the papers. Go get the papers. <laughs> um, but he is he's in Godfather Part Two. He's very, very briefly in Godfather, uh, but hasn't acted since 2008. And this is my personal fact of the episode. In 2014, he sued Fox for $250 million. Because the Simpsons writers live next door to him. Right. Uh In 1989. He believes they copied his character of Frankie Carbone because the character of Frankie Carbone, he based on himself, he claims, to make the mobster Louie, who's one of the... We've talked about so Mm -hmm. far, Fat Tony... We've talked about finger, fingers, is he called? And, yeah. and now we're talking about the other guy, Louis. The one guy. Yeah. In 2015, it was thrown out, and the judge, quote, said it was a parody of several mob characters. So I, for one, feel a little bit for him, but I do think that's really, really tenuous. Ah, uh, yes. I mean, that is utterly tenuous. But that—that that is my fa- that's the favourite thing that I've learned from this, from this whole thing. Is that your takeaway? That's... Yeah, absolutely. But he's he's my he's my favourite in this. They're sat watching Billy Idol's White Wedding on the TV behind them. Nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, he does turn that off. Nineteen eighty-two. It was released number one in Canada, and I remember it specifically from GTA San Andreas. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah it's that, uh, the the eighties radio station on San Andreas, mm-hmm. or the the eighties rock radio station would have surely fitted a lot better into Vice City. But yeah, what do I know? The kids dressed as Freddy running around because horror gifts were normal presents for kids in the eighties, like weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like an old thing. Trying the the the, the weirder the better. But um, Freddy Krueger was massive back then. I remember everybody was running about with their bloody finger. Knife things. Yeah, well, I tried to figure out the how much money they must have made from marketing Freddy Krueger, like from Freddy Krueger toys and things like you know, like masks, the masks, and and, and, and the jumpers. Hmm. But I, I couldn't find anything. What I did find was of the movies 
Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, made the most money at the box office. $57 million at the box office worldwide gross. Uh, but you can buy Freddy Krueger masks online from £19 to £428. Jesus, £428? Mm-hmm. Like a, a proper free, kind of... Better get a free glove with that. Or the prosthetic one that would have, yeah. like... Right. To be honest, John, for that price, I want the free boiler room. <laughs> <laughs> no half, and the jumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's my jumper? <laughs> Linda's back. She says, oh, I don't want to live with a wedding singer. I preferred it six years ago uh, when you were a rock singer, licking the microphone <laughs> like David Lee Roth. Uh, David Lee Roth, of course, is the Van Halen lead singer. Mm-hmm. I liked Van Halen. A bit of a, a bit of a soft spot for... Van Halen, yeah. <laughs> Panama's a good song. Hey, well, do you boys like Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> it always makes you think of Super Troopers. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. That's a uh, lot of fun. That is nice. a lot of fun. Uh, it's got Dundonian character actor Brian Cox in it. Oh, uh, not, yeah, it not the star looked, man. Not the star man. <laughs> not the star man. <laughs> it looks like they're about to make up, and the little kid runs out and goes, "Hey, Linda, you a bitch," <laughs> which I had to laugh at. There's a really cute kid too. Yeah. <laughs> at Julia, at Julia's now. She's listened to 99 Luth Balloons, uh, which is 1983 song by Nana. There was an English version in 1984. The German language one sold one million records. In US, but never took off in the UK or in Canada. The English version in the UK sold 500,000 units. Huh. Uh, it's about, by the way, kind of nuclear war. It's about a, it's about war and, 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 and nuclear powers. Well, of course, it's great topical back then. Yeah, everybody absolutely. was worried about everybody was worried about nuclear wars, including uh, including the West Germans. I've got the back and, she- and Sheffield. And- <laughs> God, threads again. That's bad. Wow. Yeah. She says we were born in Ridgefield. I don't want to die in Ridgefield. Sorry, I've missed that. Apologies. Uh, Linda says, I don't want to die in Ridgefield. Uh, Ridgefield is 60 miles from New York City. Come on, you could could be a lot worse. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm like 80 miles from anywhere in Carlisle. <laughs> anywhere. Um, it's a real place, because I wasn't so sure it was a real place. I thought it might have been like... Uh, what, I know, those made-up ones again? Yeah, like like out of some John Hughes movie. <laughs> mm. I, thought, I, I thought me and you could be the blunt connection in Ridgefield, Connecticut. <laughs> Um, it was settled in 1708 by the English. Boo! <laughs> oh, them English again. Yeah, they bought land instead of stealing it, Wikipedia tells Oh, that's me. nice. And I did uh, <laughs> looking into it instead of, instead of robbing it for once. Yeah. Glenn turns up. Glenn looks a lot older than Julia, than Drew Barrymore's character. Yeah, he really older, does. He? Yeah, yeah, a lot older. However... As I said to Rachel when we rewatched this um, last night, I said I don't think Drew Barrymore's a very good actor. Instantly, mm-hmm. I just I just don't think she's got particular range. But specifically in this, mm-hmm. I think she just looked like the little girl out of VT. Yeah, I think so. Just that sort of. Yeah, and she was very childlike, and <laughs> and, I, and I guess and and that works in this. 
but I've not really liked her in anything since. Well, and I've watched her in a lot. Of, I've watched her in a lot more stuff than than probably I should. Apparently, um, Carrie Fisher helped write the script, particularly to try and flesh out her character. Oh, right. So she, okay. Uh, so she tried to make her more um, feminine and more um, not romantic, but sort of more appealing. So maybe she went down the whole wholesome route. But I, so Carrie Fisher helped write That's specifically for her. Good to know. She she is she's good in this. Mm-hmm. I I just don't. I think she suits the character well and she suits the performances and the, the kind of the group dynamic well. But mm-hmm. I don't think... I think there's a reason she's not in bigger and better stuff as an adult. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, perhaps. I, I don't know. Again, people... A lot of people... A lot of people have got a lot of time for that Charlie's Angels movie. I have not. <laughs> I have not got any time for that thing. Well, she sits. She sits well in the eighties, didn't she? Because she was a big, well, she was a big, big thing back then. But mm. I think some of the stuff that she wears. I was reading the thing that one of the the, the props or one of the, the the things that she was wearing. I think it was like a, a jacket. She actually wore that, and they asked her to keep wearing it throughout the film. So I think the the sort of denim jacket she's wearing is actually hers. So maybe. All right. Just, okay. She just sits perfectly within an eighties environment. In the style, as it were. Mm-hmm. Okay. Glenn's bought tickets to Vegas to get married because Vegas is the romance capital of the world. You better believe it, baby. It really is. Now they're the zombie capital, but yeah, back then it was the (laughs) romance capital of the world. (laughs) Previous episode. We are going to probably renew our vows in Vegas when we're a bit older. You've got to do it. We've only been married five years. It's a bit soon, but yeah, we're absolutely going to do it. Um, I did. I did do a little bit of looking up. I couldn't help myself. I went to ElvisChapel.com. <laughs> <laughs> there is an Elvis Chapel in Vegas, specifically called the Elvis Chapel. One hundred and ninety-five dollar dues will get you Elvis to sing two songs, and not not the corpse of Elvis, of course, an Elvis impersonator. Listeners, uh, Elvis will conduct the ceremony. You'll get a fifteen-minute photo shoot. And have a maximum of four guests, fifty dollars per extra guest, and it's basically all in. They'll also give you ten candid photos throughout the ceremony as part of the deal. Uh, yeah, down in price to what one hundred and ninety-five dollars, basically saving a fifty dollars at the minute because every fucker's got COVID. I think is um, people aren't <laughs> people aren't travelling, which which one hundred percent fair. Yeah. True but yes, I thought that was that was ve- a very enticing price. <laughs> I was I was well in, I was well into that. I thought, I bet, oh, I bet you are. Oh, True story. One of my well, somebody I know I can't really say their name, but they went over to Vegas and they met somebody from from Scotland, from Dumfries or Dunfermline, one of the two, uh, and had it off and landed up getting married on Vegas for a two for one wedding, and wow. then when they travelled back, they had to get it annulled. Because they were that drunk, but it was like they were at a big party, and they says, "Look, if you and your mate, your best mate, get married, we'll pay for it." Or so they they paid for it, and the next morning they woke up and realised what they did. But imagine going all the way to Vegas and marrying somebody from Scotland. Marrying somebody what Scottish. Brilliant. <laughs> I also love the fact that you said they're either from Dunfermline or Dumfries. Either way, they've got six fingers. <laughs> <laughs> One extra for the ring. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But she wants a big wedding. She wants her family to be there. So he agrees he's going to do it because you want it more than I do kind of thing. He's obviously a prick. 
Yeah, no, definitely. We've started early with that. Oh, Frank's watering his flowers as Sammy comes in. He says, oh, you know, he needs put in a, a home or something. He needs to, and, and he's just watering these flowers. He's wearing that like, velour sweatsuit, like isn't he? Yeah, it's so Which, disgusting. Velour. Yeah, and, and as as the camera pans away from him, he, you just say like an explosion. He's like, oh, shit, now i got water all over myself. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, like, were you promised X number of lines in this movie yeah. and they'd run out of, like, things for you to say, so they just <laughs> threw that in? Sammy comes down and lays on the bed next to him. He says, oh, do you use Downy? And he says, no, it's all temperature. Of course, you know how much I love a, a product that, that uh, no, no longer exists. Uh, <laughs> Downey is Lenore in Europe, uh, introduced in 1960. Mm. Uh, All temper cheer uh, has been discontinued, but cheer still exists, and it's uh, a budget brand of detergent. Right. He says you need to get back to work. You know, you can't just hang around. There's loads of, you know, there's loads of girls at weddings. You know, you'll, you'll, oh. you'll be fine. He says, oh, you know, I, I don't want to marry a girl from, from the wedding. I don't marry them. I just want to play with your ding-dong. <laughs> term I've never heard before. So he goes back to work. <laughs> he's singing Holiday by Madonna, but he's Jesus. almost crying. Brilliant. I love the red suit, by the way. Oh, this yeah. red suit is mwah, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. good. That's great. Uh, the, the father of the bride in this white suit looks like an ice cream man. <laughs> he's, looks like an extra, <laughs> yeah, and his carnation. He looks like he's turning up at the Godfather's daughter's wedding. <laughs> uh, Holiday, of course, Madonna, nineteen eighty-three, made it to number two in the UK and Ireland, and very close second in the favorite facts of the episode. She is credited on the record as vocals and cowbell. What? Did she do well, Phil? Needs more cowbell. <laughs> I've got a fever, <laughs> and Brilliant. the only prescription is more Madonna cowbell. <laughs> cowbell. I was laughing to myself in Starbucks this afternoon as I wrote that. <laughs> as I wrote the word cowbell, and all I could think was, I didn't have my headphones with me, so I couldn't put on Christopher Walken. Oh, sadly. Brilliant. I've got a fever. <laughs> so brilliant. Fever. It's a crank clip, isn't it? It is a good clip, yeah. <laughs> now, the bride and the groom on this, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the same actors from the first wedding? Because they look very, very yeah, much alike. I think the, 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 all the ones at the weddings sort of yeah. seem like quite generic. Very funny. Very same. funny. He's saying he'll never be happy. He says, fat guy, you know, that's me. Sideburns lady who looked like John Inman in a dress. I really did, yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, <laughs> and the the mutants on table nine. Now I didn't spot the big bald guy, but Rachel did. It's Brian Posehn, who's the really tall, bald bearded actor. She recognised him from the Big Bang Theory. All right, okay. Which I don't watch because oh, I think I know I'm you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know you're talking um, about. Yeah, yeah. I recognised him as his pal out of Master of None. Which I don't know if you, you and Kirsty watched Master of None no. with Aziz Ansari on Netflix. No. It's six episodes per series, three series. It's it, uh, 30 minutes. It it's so worth your time, John. It really is. Right. Uh, Aziz is, is he's, he's very, very, very funny. Very funny. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but there's a massive brawl. Father, father of the bride batters him, and um, Brian Posehn's biting him, <laughs> which yeah. is really good. Uh, it must be father. a really early, early role for Brian Posehn. Oh yeah, yeah. God, I. I was going to say, considering this isn't a 2004 film. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> I've written Julia finds him in a ship. I've just realised it's a skip. skip yeah. <laughs> Look Both in times... the trunk. I think he means trunk. <laughs> Both times he's in that skip, he's wearing a bloody uh, blazer, isn't he? He is indeed, yeah. Blue one in the other one. She loves his singing. Uh, she thinks he's the best, but he just says, I can't do it. I can't sing at your uh, at your wedding. The next scene, he's babysitting for his sister. <laughs> Carbone's late. And again, you hear him off, off the way. He's like, hey, I'm just watching Dallas. JR might be dead or something. Somebody <laughs> shot him. <laughs> right, okay. JR was shot in 1980, March the 21st. This is meant to be set in 1984, 1985? 1985. Mm, yeah. I hope somebody got canned for that. Questionable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we didn't get it, by the way, until May the 26th. So we had to wait a whole two months to get it. And mm-hmm. who did shoot JR? Do you remember? Uh, was it Sue Ellen? It wasn't. It was Kirsten Shepherd. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, it was his. Was that his brother's Bobby's mistress? Mistress. Yeah, and then did Bobby? No, Bobby and Sue Ellen, wasn't it? And then Bobby woke, and then and then Bobby woke up. It was all a dream. Aye, yeah, yeah. yeah so it was just, all a dream. Uh, yeah. well, that, that was nice. That was, that was news at the time. That was headline news. Yeah, yeah, surprised. absolutely. Even over here. Even yeah, over yeah. Here. I'm surprised that it's sort of those didn't cross. Otherwise, we'd have been or the, those or those people in America would have just gave it all away. Couldn't happen in the couldn't happen in the internet days, could it? No, no. I, I remember going to Australia in '99, and they were about seven months ahead. Of us in neighbours, neighbours, yeah, because they, and they have a Christmas break, mm-hmm. so I think we're almost caught up now. Yeah. I think they had quite a long break. We're all, I mean, I, I didn't even realise it was still on till a few weeks ago. It's so dark though. Is it? Murders and uh, it's like bloody Hollyoaks now. <laughs> Hollyoaks car crashes. They're all done at five miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I missed a couple of bits from the last scene. The song Love Stinks that he's singing, it's not an original from the film. It's a mm-hmm. Jay Giles band song from 1980. I think the version of the film's better. I've listened to it. But I tell you what's better of theirs. Centerfold. You know that song? Angel is the centerfold. My oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. That's them. Oh. I remember that because I had that on some rock anthem CD when I was a teenager. I remember that, yeah. It was on with the mode and all that, wasn't it? All the, yeah, all those that's right. songs together. Thompson twins. So as I say, he's babysitting. um, (laughs) Carbone comes down and and he says to the kids, the kids are there and they're like, yeah, Uncle Bobby. Everybody's saying you're you're going to a mental home. Cuckoo's nest, cuckoo's nest. And then he comes downstairs and he's like, hey, what did we talk about? Like he's talking to them like they're adults. Mm -hmm. And and Robbie's basically, he, he must have got it from you. You are awful. You are a terrible brother-in-law. <laughs> um, the kids are watching. Kids are watching the uh, the adverts. It's the time to make the donuts advert, which is a Dunkin' Donuts advert. Yep. The actor Michael Vale died of diabetes. Oh man! Funny that you know. Well, not funny, funny, but you know what I'm but getting at. Ironic. Yeah, I, I, I thought he looked a little bit like Walter Matthau. <laughs> 
It's like, what the hell's Walter Matthau doing in a Dunkin' Donuts advert? Dunkin' Donuts, sir. Jesus. It's time to get some frosty chocolate shakes. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Carbo mentions. Oh, we used to be wild, me and your sister. Oh, but Jesus, it all kind of it all kind of drops down. That's uh, a conversation, sometimes isn't it? I like her to play with my nipples, and he's like, "Could you leave, please? Could you just go? <laughs> just go. Uh, that would be good." <laughs> And he said, I said something. I don't know what I said, but I said something. <laughs> and again, it's just this inner monologue that's just externalized by him. <laughs> I, I'm going to be a bit more like this character. I'm going to be more like Andy. Every time I say something and it doesn't go down well, I'm going to externalize what I'm thinking. Yeah, it works a mess. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my wife and my home. It's all going to go. But it's going to have been a good bit. It's going to be a funny bit. And that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. We go to this engagement party. It's a really nice place that that Glenn lives at. It's kind of like Tony Montana's mansion, isn't it? And he's dressed... In the, the um, machine gun at the top of the stairs, <laughs> yes, cokes out of his nut. He's he's dressed like Don Johnson, isn't yeah. he? Did you spot the jacket that Sammy was wearing? By the way, uh, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson one. He's got the he's got the glove on. He says, "I'll oh, maybe yeah. lose the glove. It makes you look mental." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you ever know anybody that had one? We we had a guy in school that had one. I knew a yeah, I did know a kid who had a jacket, but never the never the extra. No, glove. no, no, the glove. That's just nuts to get it too far. But yeah, he had it, and everybody just ripped him for it. I just remember everybody going, "Why are you wearing leather jackets on a summer's day?" <laughs> and that child grew up to be Eddie Murphy Raw. <laughs> <laughs> His mate's a dick, by the way. Glenn's mate's an absolute dick. Um, he says something like, "Hey, you're the wedding singer that." Um, his yeah, wife left him. That must have yeah. really hurt. And he went, oh, no, it was a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> you could, do you want to also talk about the time that my parents died? Well, why would you want to talk about that? Exactly. <laughs> that is a good one. His bachelor party, stag do, British listeners, is on a Friday. And Marsha, I keep getting her name wrong. She's not called Marsha, is she? Nope, Holly. Holly comes <laughs> along and says, aren't you worried that you're going to miss... Miami Vice on a Friday night. He says, no, it's the summer. Reruns. He's delighted, isn't he? He loves it. (laughs) He says, right, um, I'm going to go and get some Alabama Slammers. These sound interesting. Uh, Alabama Slammer is Amaretto, Southern Comfort, Slow Gin, and Orange Juice. Slow Gin? Slow Gin. Have you ever had Slow Gin? Glenn isn't going to help at Julia's wedding, so she's alone doing it. Robbie gives her a tip. She goes to somewhere to get flowers. Robbie gives a tip. Don't do that. Uh, go to Tony's. She says, "Well, you should you should help me." And he says, "I can't. I can't do anything. But there are lots of other things I can do other than weddings." Smash cut. He's at a bar mitzvah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's yeah, singing at the bar mitzvah. It looks like <laughs> great fun. Uh, the bar mitzvah, as you well know, John is a Jewish celebration. It's the celebration of manhood. It's when a 13-year-old is now responsible for fulfilling the commandments. And Bar Mitzvah translates, because I got the book out again, to some of the commandment. 
Man, I need to get one of those books. Oh, don't get one, mate, because there might be one winging its way to you in the Christmas wrapping paper later in the year. <laughs> or a bar mitzvah present. Lahayim! There's one kid not dancing. Oh, George is doing Do You Really Want to Hurt Me Again? And everyone hates him. So right. he goes over to this kid who's not dancing, this chubby little kid. Uh, this girl turned turned me down. Did you spot who the kid was, by the way? So was that the one that was in Matilda? You can do it, Bruce. Oh, yeah, Jesus. it's Bruce Bogtrotter from Matilda. Because I'm, I'm looking, going, I know his face. And it wasn't after that, I thought. Yeah, you can. It was. You knew who it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, except this time his face isn't covered in chocolate. <laughs> Great kid, by the way. Matilda was 25 years ago, John. Can you believe that? Wow, that's a lifetime ago. Mm. Jimmy Kurtz is the actor called, and he's a doctor in Philadelphia now. Well, well done, him. Yeah, well done. absolutely. Head to toe in Philadelphia cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny guy. Well, you, know, you look, yeah, you look, you look funny. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of gives Julia a wink, and then he introduces her for this dance, and he says, I want you to pick one of these boys here to dance yeah. with. Pick the coolest guy to dance with. And she goes past all these 13-year-old, these really horny 13-year-old boys. Really one of them with a pork hat looks like well, he wanted to be in the New Kids on the Block. <laughs> the kid in the pork pie hat and the suit and the tie uh, looks like Jason Schwartzman in the current series of Fargo that we're watching. He's dressed exactly the same as oh, like really? 30s Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> I was like, fuck, that's really... <laughs> and even the little kind of 13-year-old moustache. Bum fluff. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes and she picks... I keep calling him Bruce. He's not called Bruce. They're dancing as he sings, and he puts his hand on her ass, and she's mm-hmm. like... He's just go with it. It's great. And then everyone puts their hands on asses, and then he puts his hands on the child's ass, and that's a little bit too far. Uh, uh, that's that's unacceptable. She says, I could really use your help organising my wedding. Fine. He agrees. They go to the photographer, and they haggle it. I've never done it for that cheap, is, is a great line, which I am gonna, <laughs> I'm going to start using when people have tried to haggle me down on commissions at work. I have <laughs> never done it for that cheap. Uh, they do haggle her down. She says, I can tell you'll stay together forever. You're like Bert and Lonnie, Donald and Ivana, uh, Woody and, Woody and Mia. <laughs> Mia. Right. So this... Are you actually going to unbox this? I let my coffee go cold earlier on the day doing this. Right. <laughs> Bert and Lonnie were married for five years, and it took 22 years for them to finalise payments of alimony. Jesus. Donald and Ivana, <laughs> Tinkle, Ivana Tinkle, were married for 15 years. The divorce involved her having $14 million and numerous properties, including, I believe, a 14-bedroom Connecticut house, from what I read. It's pretty cool. Woody and Mia were never married. Yeah, but it was a very messy... Yes, it was, John. Yes, it was. Uh, Because for those that don't know, Woody Allen, who was at one point one of my very, very, very favourite writers and directors... 
Uh, was a terrible human being who ran off with his stepdaughter uh, and should be punched squarely in his little rat face. But Farrow was married previously to two very, very famous men. Do you know who? No. Frank Sinatra. Well. uh, And Andre Previn. The pianist. Jesus. Andrew, from, from the um, Markham and Wife theme? I knew, because I knew you were going to say that because all I could think when I thought of Andre Previn was I'm playing all the right notes, just not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> that, was a classic, that was a Christmas special, wasn't it? It was. I don't know how many dads listen to this podcast, how many men of, of our age and older listen to this podcast. I know my friend Ian from our broth does. Uh, so he will... Uh, he will certainly, I hope, Enjoy. get a kick out of that. Yeah. I'm sorry we don't mention Flash Gordon this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> My other favourite character in the movie, because he's only in this one scene, is Jimmy Moore. Jimmy Moore, the other wedding singer. Right. Oh, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. He's brilliant, he? ladies' night and giving it the lot, isn't he? He really is, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, he kind of goes, a shaka can! Right out of nowhere. Perfect. And you know they just said to him, just do what you do because you are brilliant. Aye. Uh, yeah. They worked on Saturday Night Live together, of course. Um, mm-hmm. He has a twin sister called Leslie. What? Yeah, and. I remember him most specifically as two characters out of the three characters, sorry, out of the Simpsons. Artie Ziff. I'd appreciate it yep. if you didn't tell anybody about my busy hands. Hey, busy hands. <laughs> oh, <I'm> <laughs> um, he's also uh, Jay Sherman, who is the film critic. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, which all I could think was, you badmouthed MacGyver, didn't you? <laughs> he's hanging from his pants. Uh, and he's very, very briefly in one episode, I think it's called Homer the Hero or something like that, where Homer saves the power of the city, but he saves the town by guessing the button to press for the power plant. Oh, sure, and they get you? him into Shelbyville, and he's the Greek owner of the Shelbyville power plant. Ah, right, okay. I, I'm not suggesting I followed his career. Greatly, but his Simpsons episodes I know very, very well. Um, I've watched a lot of films with him in, which I should not have watched. You know, a number of movies that have got people like Rob Schneider in, Bench Warmers. You were yeah, aware of I remember that? that. Oh. Yeah, I remember that. I watched that just because he was in it. Is that John Hader or something that's in it? That... No, I think it's... Oh, it might be, but it's also the other guy out of... Not Farley, Spade. Oh, Spade, why did you leave oh. Farley in charge of the bees? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, he's another Sandler Packer man. He, he is, yeah, yeah. Um, real shame, re- absolute shame that uh, uh, Farley died because, yeah. well, Spade's done all right out of it in the end, but Farley, was, Farley yeah. made me laugh like none of those other guys. Ladies' Night, which he's singing, by the way, Cool in the Gang, 1979. Covered at least four times, including Atomic Kitten. Ugh. She says, "Oh, thank you. You've you've helped me. Um, you've tripled my business by uh, you know by by quitting." And she says, "Oh, and thank you. You've helped me decide on picking a DJ instead." What does he say? <laughs> Can a DJ do this? <laughs> <laughs> Shake and move like this. <laughs> giving it the 
fucking oh, oh. brilliant. There's a reason this isn't a uh, video podcast. <laughs> and I don't know. Oh, they see me doing a shuffle shuffle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's singing his song, isn't he? Somebody kill me, please. It's a great song, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like the beginning. It's, it's, uh, but it, you can see the influences in that song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been listening to a lot of The Cure. <laughs> we move on to like a, an ice cream place, and he's eating ice cream. It makes you feel better. It's kind of like chocolate and dementors, I guess, from Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to do this. I want to be a songwriter. And I thought that that, that song from this film was a million times better than Woman, Woman, Woman from last week's episode on So I Imagine. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Linda wouldn't give him the window seat when they were flying over the Grand Canyon. It's just a lot of things, isn't it? Keep, just keep a that in things. mind. Yeah. Julia thinks the right one is someone that you can grow old with. Mm-hmm. Glenn will be distinguished like Blake Carrington. Do you know who Blake Carrington was? Is in Dynasty? Was it he was in Dynasty. He was in yeah. Dynasty. Uh, he says, I would end up looking like Buddy Hackett. I bet you don't know who he is. Stephen Falcon Crest. I'm going to make sure you don't have Apricot One. Um, no, he, fat face character actor. I know him specifically from It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, uh, which has got Sergeant Bilko in it and uh, oh, Mickey God. Rooney in it as well. Yeah, there's Jesus. loads of people, loads of people in that. It's it's like Phil Silvers or something. Phil no, Silvers, no, yeah, Silvers. and it's it's like this big, long, madcapped mental film. It's a, it's not, not. It's a bit like that movie Rat Race is very is, much. Oh, is like that the one it. where they you get the, the money that's under the palm trees? That's right. You've seen that movie. Oh my God, Jesus. Um, That's a really good movie that needs to probably be edited down to be about half an hour shorter and will be one Mm. of my favourite movies. It's just that little touch too long. There's too too much going on with too many people. There's now a montage of the wedding planning. They're doing cake. They're doing wedding wedding dresses to Daryl Hall and Quaker Oats, You Make My Dreams Come True. Which is a great yeah. song, by the way, but it's oh, yeah. slightly better used in that Five Hundred Days of Summer movie. Good yeah, degree. it's yeah. I'm I'm too old for that movie. I'm cancelling. Nah. I'm too old for it. It's, it was yeah. It was, I enjoyed it at the time. Uh, but yes, there's there's like a big kind of dance number to that in that. But in this, they're doing the thing. I've got to say it. Alexis looks great in this wedding dress and boots. Oh, that she boots looks, combo is amazing. Yeah, such yeah. a good look. But All so, the other. So Holly looks good in hers, though. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, lacy number. Oi, oi. Jesus. Miniskirt and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy, they're making him do this time trial. That was brilliant. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's kind of going around all these cones, and then he he, he grabs this bride and groom, like, mannequins, and hoys oh, them into the back of in. the thing. Yeah. And as he's going around the cones, it's, how did I do? Oh, you hit a couple of cones. Those could have been guests at their wedding. There were cones! That was that's a good line. It delivers it well as well. There were cones! I, I think there were cones every time I'm stuck in traffic. <laughs> There's cones Every time. For God's, what, 20 odd years now I've thought that. But Julia's left a jacket in Sammy's car. He says something like, oh, she took it off on such and such a street because she didn't believe it was jacket weather anymore. And he's like, oh my God, you like her? And he's like, I'll punch you in the face. It's like mm-hmm. such a childish thing to do. <laughs> I know. 
Uh, next scene, Holly's doing a Rubik's Cube. She's like, no one will ever solve this and hoys it out the thing. Yeah. You ever solved a Rubik's Cube, John? Never. No, yeah, no. And, uh, no idea I've done it is by taking the stickers off, but everybody did that. That's, no, that's I never fun. did that. Never did that. Did you know? I um, used to know after my, my granddad died, I got his. Um, I, was, I wasn't really wasn't old enough to use it when my granddad died. But I got his, and I, I don't have it anymore. It's kind of sad, but you, you can't know everything, I guess. Uh, the record for completing a Rubik's Cube, any guess? Uh, 4.2 seconds. Oh, you're so close. 3.47 seconds. Jeez. A guy called Yushang Du. And this is according to Rubik's.com. Thanks very much, the good people at Rubik's.com. I had a Rubik's pyramid thing where it was made out of pyramids and it had like circles in it. Oh, and you had to link the circles. It was it was really intricate. It was just made up of these triangles with um, like plastic through them. So when you opened them up, they flipped yeah. together. It I really had weird. a. It was a flat Rubik's cube, and it had what looked like the Olympic rings on it. But yeah, yeah, it that's the one. Is that the same one? Yeah, and yeah it was. It could... was wires that attached it. Yeah, Fuck, that uh, thing was impossible. I'd love one of those. By the way, listeners, if anyone's got one of those, they want to sell us. <laughs> let us know, or if you see one online. Um, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm for buying. Because uh, the Rubik's cube is still going, but I don't think that is. I need to double check. But I remember I had one of those. I loved it. Oh, just... I was rotten at that. But you can make all sorts of shapes. Oh no, I was, I was I'd rotten at it. But I just like the fact that you could move the, 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 them within the wires. It was great. Robbie drops off Julia's jacket. Julia and Holly are arguing about this kiss. It should church be a kiss. porno kiss. You're right. It should be a church <laughs> kiss. Uh, Julia says, oh, it, just a little bit of church tongue. And she goes to Holly and she's like, not on me. Don't try it on me. And she's like, well, try it on him. Okay. And I'm like, that's not that's not right. That's weird for uh, me. That's not normal and it's cute. And they're into it. And now Glenn's here. He's like, I kissed her. You kissed who? Uh, oh, he kissed me, says Holly. Yeah, who hasn't? <laughs> and I was going, oh, that's awful. Uh, he's got a Sony CD player. He says it cost him 700 bucks. Um, from my research, I can only assume it's the CD100, which was launched in 1983. And if it did cost 700 bucks in 2017, that would be $1,916 today. But that was that's weird because that was 1985, wasn't it? Mm. So he's like, it's a CD player that's been it for three years. Uh, yeah, but it? I guess... You, but I, I think they launched. Well, yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah. So I think it was it was made in, in, in 1979, but it wasn't introduced to America until 1983. Yeah, Japan had it first. Uh, so as always, as as they always do. So the fact they had like a three year gap, and he's like, "Oh, it's a CD player," and they talk talk about records. But when CDs came out, I remember when it came out here, everybody was talking about it. It was it was a massive thing. We all tried to scratch each other's discs to see if it was yeah. unscratchable. Tomorrow's world, tomorrow's world was lying because it turns yeah, out the world. You can, yeah, you of course can. You can. Yeah. My first, my mate got his police CD, and we stomped it all over the ground, rubbed it in, and everything. And then it was basically just rotten. Anyway. In, in fairness, I know a lot of people that would say that's acceptable for the police. The sound was better. Afterwards. <laughs> Not me. I'm quite like quite listening. As Robbie goes, they say, "Oh, let's go. Let's double date." Do you think he'll go out with me? Well, yeah, that guy needs to get laid. Just because he's going out with me doesn't mean he's going to get laid, but he probably will. <laughs> yeah, we'll will. do a double date. So they're at a club, New Order Blue Monday, my favourite band, of course, as Cracking. listeners Cracking know. Song, Released March 1983. Yep. 
infamous cover on the 12 inch cardboard floppy disc, which was cut, which was die cut by machine. Um, it became the biggest selling 12 inch single of all time, but every cover cost the record company money to make, and they lost a hundred thousand pounds <laughs> in 1983 money. <laughs> Jesus, but again, crazy, I'd like to say that's one of my favorite facts, but it kind of makes me a little bit sad. Yeah, that should have that should have made the record company that should have made factory records and new order a lot of money but it didn't <laughs> they lost money on that jesus yeah. well, because of the actual physical thing itself because of yeah because of the way it was done peter savile the designer that did all of their uh, sorry I'm, listeners i'm getting new order excited now that did <laughs> all of their, their their record labels and he had a floppy disk and the band said, what's that? We don't know what that is. And he said, it's a floppy disk. Well, we'd never seen one before. Make the record cover that. <laughs> and he did. That's exactly what he did. So they're talking. She's not half knocking the drinks back, eh? Oh, God, I the rum and coke. Glenn's checking out the waitresses. And she says, oh, he's in junk bonds. And he says, no, they're not. They're high yield bonds. I don't say you're in junk waitressing, but that doesn't work. Uh, junk bonds is, is the name for high yield bonds they carry a higher risk of default because they're issued by companies that are struggling it helps them raise capital but of course because they're struggling if they then can't pay off what they need to they're gonna default and it's worth nothing Mm -hmm. so i found that quite interesting i did a little bit of reading up on how you can make more money quicker with that but it is huge risk. Risk, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the risk reward kind of process is, is all over the shop. Mm-hmm. China Girl by David Bowie comes on and they're kind of singing. Singing away. China Girl. It's like, just you shut your mouth. It's like, yeah, yeah, shut your mouth. <laughs> I know, I was like, what the hell, man? What a dick. <laughs> um, Bowie, were you a fan? Were you not? So my sister was a big, massive fan because she grunted him when he was doing the whole, the whole Spider from Mars thing. So she loved him in a big, big way, all the way to Labyrinth. I, I like, I liked him a lot, but I didn't. I, I, when I heard him and I heard Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury blew me away. So I was more into okay. the singing part of it. Yeah, so, yeah. I probably prefer eighties Bowie to earlier stuff, which is not many people say that. But uh, China Girl. Is fantastic. Sound and vision, I like all that mm-hmm. kind of all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Eighties Bowie was was kind of there. My old man liked sixties uh, and seventies Bowie more than anything else. Of course, why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. He was uh, out there though. He oh, absolutely, he was. This one was nineteen eighty three, produced by Niall Rogers. Would you believe? Uh, and written by not just David Bowie but Iggy Pop. Well, who really had a lust for life? He really did. And drugs. And- <laughs> and knee shirt. <laughs> a lust for being a skeletal monster. Uh, he's doing all right, though. I mean, he's got to be 70 now. Uh, and he's on that advert 70. for the, the, the hoardies, isn't he? He's on an advert for everything. He's, he, he, he'll, do, he'll do anything. Uh, it was on the last New Order record, by the way, funnily enough. Cool. Uh, China Girl, though, I prefer Japanese Boy by Annika myself. There's an 80s reference. You remember that one? Aye. Mister, can you tell me where my lover's gone? He's me Japanese boy. Hey! I don't think it was ever sounded like that. 
<laughs> you make it sound so Butlins. <laughs> I make it sound like a proper club act. <laughs> Julie is going to throw up. So Holly takes her away. Glenn's checking out more waitress ass. Uh, he said, uh, so what's your, what's your surname? He says, oh, it's Glenn Goulia. He says, so Julia's going to be Julia Goulia. That's funny. And he went, no, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's awful. He says, I owe it to her to get married, um, but I'm not particularly bothered. Uh, he says, she, uh, she's been with me since before I made my money, so I know I can trust her. I'm like, oh, my God. God. He says, oh, look at that. It's grade A top choice meat. He says, look at this woman. He says, he says, yeah, but we can't get chicks like that. He says, oh, I, I, I could. He says, yeah, 10 years ago, maybe. And he says, no, no, 10 days ago and hotter and younger. I know. I'm like, why did you put that button? Yeah. <laughs> there are eight grades of beef in the US for consumption. Do you ever sit at it during this podcast and think, where the fuck is he going with it? Uh, all, the, all the bloody time, man. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, they are, there's no none of which are grade A. They are prime, this is best to worst, prime, choice, select, standard, and those are the four that you can buy in your supermarkets. And my favourite four, commercial, Utility, Cutter, and Canner. <laughs> those last three sound like robots on a spaceship. I know. Those like robot words. Robot word, <laughs> Activate. <laughs> oh, Cutter and Canner, uh, oh, they've fallen down the pit. <laughs> oh, they're... So Kalalot has just lobbed them off. <laughs> um. That's dis- disgusting. I-, I didn't look anymore because I was just about to have my, uh, have, have, have my dinner. dinner. Uh, so I didn't look anymore, and, but I think I might, you know, considering some of the stuff that, that they do eat in America off the shelf. Says yeah. the podcast that spent 10 minutes last week talking about how much we love Hargos. <laughs> <laughs> True that. True that. Julia comes out. Holly has to go in and get a purse. Uh, she says, oh, I threw up in my hair. How does it smell? It smells lovely. Uh, Glenn turns up in his car. What's his car? It's a DeLorean man. It it's is. Cracking, cracking yeah, fantastic. Looking thing. Uh, the DMC 12, 2.8 litre, 130 horsepower. And we know it, of course, from... Back to the Future, big man. Back to the Future. Although that thing was... Um... Designed and thought up in uh, 1975, but it wasn't put into production until 1985. I'm like, well, the film was doing with that 10 years. Absolutely. Brushing, brushing the metal. <laughs> and <laughs> Most of them were... Oops, sorry, there's 6,500 still on the road. Today. Oh, is there really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's only like, like 9,000 made, but there was 9,000, 6,500 wow. are actually still on the road. Do you know where most of them were produced? Uh, Robocop land. No. The Republic of Ireland. Oh, right. So, the, oh, God, that's yeah, right. That's how you they go opened the factory in the Republic of Ireland. It lasted about 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Heartbreaking, really. But, yeah, they're pretty disgusting things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, apparently, the the handling and everything about those cars is pretty bad, considering you could have got a Mustang for half the price back yeah. then. But Absolutely. Was, and a Mustang, 000. you would assume, is probably a lot more than 130 horsepower. <laughs> 
Yeah, you'd, 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 you'd think, you'd think the, so. In the kind of the three to four liter kind of level, wouldn't you? Kind of mm-hmm. proper V8 engine. Oh, yes, please. I love a V8. Of course you do. <laughs> so Robbie and Holly are outside her place. He's dropping her off. His car, by the way, was an AMC Gremlin, produced nineteen seventy to seventy eight. Is that the Wayne's World car? No, Rachel said she thought it was the Wayne's World car. The Wayne's World car was. I did look this up. It's in a separate window. The AMC Pacer. Ah, that's right. Which looks looks very very similar, mate. Very similar indeed. Just that back window. This way it flex up. I'm going to add that as another thing that we learned. Uh, <laughs> that 671,475 were made in those eight years by AMC, the Gremlin, not the Pacer. <sighs> Although it did get me thinking about in the second Wayne's World movie where they've got the kind of the sweet dispenser in the top yeah. and the kind of soda dispenser because oh, so they've made it rich but they haven't bought a better car. <laughs> <laughs> They've just, they've just pumped it out, haven't they? Yeah, that red laces dispenser at the top. Wow, <laughs> yum. Yes, please. Where was Julia? I thought it looked like a, like a, a yellow Datsun Cherry. I didn't get the make of her Yeah, I well. didn't get the make of that one again. Another one I've just run out of time for uh, because I was so busy looking at bleeding Madonna songs. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye. Sugar songs. Hill gang numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't see exactly what it was. She wants a soft kiss uh, and offers to sleep with him. I'll make it easy on you. All he can do is talk about Julia, and she notices it. She says he's marrying him for money, security, and house. It's important to everybody. Yeah. Next morning, Julia's at Rosie's for the lesson. She's got a present for Robbie. Robbie's not there. He's gone to the city to get a job in a bank. He says something like, I I, I like money. Uh, I, I have a little. <laughs> I would like some more. And that's where you come in. <laughs> good luck. That's brilliant. That's it just kicks one. him out. Like, like, not like I thought, you know, are we not meant to be told that in the old days, that was how you got a job? Exactly. Like, gumption, just take your CV down the street. Okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, back at Robbie's, they argue about him wanting to change for money. You know, he can't keep living on goodwill and meatballs. I did miss. Rosie says he can't live forever with his sister and the nipple twisting that goes on in that house. (laughs) Which is a reference to what we heard before. Uh, He says, I want to be like Glenn. um, And he accuses her of marrying him for money. She storms off, drops the, the papers that she'd bought him, which were like songwriting notes, weren't they? Staves and various things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next scene, he's in a bar drinking Hungry Heart by Bruce Springsteen's playing. I'm not a big Springsteen fan, but that is my favourite song of the boss. Basically about him just upping and leaving town and just (laughs) going, wow, it's not not cool. I'm not cool with it, but, you know, it's... It's just a song, isn't it? It's a a great, you know, it's it's very good stuff. Sammy turns up and admits he's not happy. Um, I want to be like Fonzie and Vinnie Barbarino. Well, what happened to them? Uh, we know about Fonzie already. Do you know who Vinnie Barbarino is? No, I, I, I tried to, because it, said, it mentioned something about a metal bull. Yeah. Vinnie Barbarino is a character from Welcome Back, Cotter, which was a school set sitcom played by John Travolta. 
What? So, I don't know this thing about the Metal Bull, by the way. What movie was he in that had a Metal Bull? I didn't look it up. Honestly, I just ran out of time. No. No, I don't know. Listeners, tell us what Metal Bull, Mechanical Bull movie... I assume it's uh, something in the south. Tell us, listeners. What? He's been in a lot of bull battlefield airs. <laughs> Michael, yeah, absolutely. He says, I "Can't let her get away if you love her." This is Sammy, uh, Julia, and her mum. By the way, did you see who the mum was? Julia's mum was because you like these uh, things. Was it her, her friends? I'm sure. Yeah, it it's Monica and Monica and Rossi's mum. Yeah, Rachel picked that one up. I did not know. I wouldn't have ever known. Why well, you're not a Friends fan? You nah, know, I know you're listeners not. will tell you if you don't know already. <laughs> I have great friends. I don't need pricks like them in my life. <laughs> she admits that she likes Robbie, the wedding singer, which is a theme throughout. Those are the wedding singer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's practicing in front of the mirror. She's saying Julia Gulia and crying. Robbie's outside saying, you know, I've got to tell you that I love you. I've loved you for however long. She's now in front of the mirror saying, Mrs. Robbie Hart and laughing. We're so glad you could come. He sees that from the road below, thinks she's happy, goes back to the bar. Uh, He takes his own drinking, so they're drinking in the street. Uh, Glenn comes by with his pals and some women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Calls him ridiculous. You're ridiculous. She wants to go to bed with a real man. Um, Glenn punches Robbie... Uh, and Robbie basically knocks him out. Um, yep. Staggers home. Yeah. Uh, and on the steps, as he's there, is Linda. How soon is now is played, by the way, uh, by the Smiths. Um, Johnny Marr wrote that, the music music for that, and uh, well, the whole song, when he was 18 years old. Jesus. Imagine doing that when you're 18. What the hell, what the hell are you moving on to once you've done that <laughs> no. at 18? What a talent. What a guy. Moving on to YTS schemes. Yeah, exactly. And here's, and here's me at 41 talking into a microphone. Um, <laughs> it's not quite the, the same. <laughs> it's not quite the same. Linda wants him back. He passes out. And the next morning, Julia comes by. Linda answers the door and says, oh, I'm his fiance. He's in the He's in the shower. Julia leaves. Robbie wakes up. And she says, I can learn to deal with you being a wedding singer. He says, what do you mean, learn to deal with me being a wedding singer? Take my Van Halen t-shirt off before you jinx the band and they break up. (laughs) Van Halen broke up in 1985. 1985. Yeah. All over that business. Julia tells Glenn they should go to Vegas. So that's what they're going to do. Rosie's at her husband's 50th wedding anniversary. She does all right, singing to him. Uh, Robbie looks at them and knows he needs to say something. They jump in the car with Sammy. Rosie's doing the rapping granny. She's doing Rapper's yep. Delight by Sugar Hill Gang. The hip, the hip, the hip, the hip, to the, hip. The, to the hip, hip, hop. You don't stop the rocking to the bang, bang. Boogie sort of jumps the boogie to the rhythm of the big and the beat. Oh, oh what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. I do know it all, mate. I'm not going to do it all. I was going to say, you did it in Starbucks. Are you practicing in Starbucks? <laughs> no, I know it. I know it. <laughs> uh, I've always wanted to do it very much like I need someone to do B-52's Love Shack with me. Uh, I've always wanted yep. to do it on karaoke. But I want to do the full version. Uh, same as Grandmaster Flash's uh, White Lines. Uh, don't do it. That's a, that's a, a tune. It's a great song. Great, great song. 
Anyway, now they're racing to the airport. Julie's getting on the plane. Robbie's buying a first-class ticket. Glenn won't swap with Julia to have the window seat so she can see the bright lights of Vegas, which yeah. takes us back to how awful their prospective partners are. The, the little things, yep. Robbie's in first, and he's given a hot towel. Now, when I first got a hot towel, I didn't know what to do with it, but he's obviously never been to an Indian restaurant in Britain. Because <laughs> almost always, if it's a good Indian restaurant, you get a hot towel. You get a hot towel, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, and sometimes yes. you need it. He's telling the story of Julia marrying in Vegas. Oh, the guy comes by, he says, champagne? And he says, oh, how much is it? Well, it's free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and he's telling the story. And everyone's listening, including Billy Idol. I know. His eyeliner on. He's like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, even first... women are possessions to him. <laughs> that, was, that was a good bit. That was a really good, good bit. And he just cares more about possessions. Even women are possessions to him. <laughs> <laughs> The stewardess comes in and says, this guy said I was a grade A top piece of top choice meat. And Robbie looks and sees that it's uh, it's Glenn. Uh, they then say, OK, because Robbie's been writing this song for Julia. Uh, and then say, OK, here's the plan. Um, and uh, Billy Idol comes on the tannoy, doesn't he? And he says... He sounds good on that tannoy as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and he says, because we let our first-class passengers do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> that was and, so and true. this is a lovely song, by the way. I really, it's such a, such a uh, sweet, a song. lovely song. Yeah. Um, he comes through, and she sees that it's it's him. Uh, Glenn calls him a fruit, which I wasn't into, um, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he goes for him, and this guy comes by with the the drinks. And, Sorry, sir, I have to serve the beverages. <laughs> Billy Idol on the other side, uh, he says, get out of my way, Billy, or I'll have to hit you. And then this massive biker stands up with this yeah. Billy Idol T-shirt on, and they throw him into the toilet. Uh, and I've written, and everyone applauded. <laughs> you yeah. know, like those those posts people put on Facebook. And it's kind of like, <laughs> my child or my, my, my 90-year-old mother walked into the polling place and said, which one do I tick for Brexit? And everyone <laughs> applauded. Shut up, you internet-making-up shit person. <laughs> uh, they admit they love one another. They kiss, and it's the wedding. Same dress. She stuck with the same dress. Yeah. And the wedding singer for the band. Steve Bishimi, which is, I like, I like, yeah. I like the, the wee bit at the end. They weren't credited in the film, but they were credited in the album, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. worked for me. No. I I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed revisiting that. I didn't think I was going to, and I picked it the other night after we'd recorded another podcast, that <laughs> Efkin show, and I got absolutely mortal on two bottles of uh, Pinot Noir. No, be no way. Yeah. About the place, and then we were having a crack afterwards, weren't we, me, you, and Kirsty? <laughs> yeah. And I just picked it and went, fuck it, let's do that. And yeah, um, at least that's choice. how I remember it. I no, know. no, that's, that's that exactly, how that's exactly how it was. Yeah, that's okay, how it was. Good. That was good. But no, it was a good choice, mate. I, re- I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's, it's, it's apart from a couple of re continuity error bits, but other than that, that was all good. All good. What are you adding, brother? So, one second, I'll just see my list. I think, to be honest, I knew this was going to happen. You've got the majority of ones, the Dorian, the the years for the film, uh, the, 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 the singles. Uh, oh, 
Oh, I've got another one. This is Adam Sandler's 10th film, but on his, um, on his website, it's only his ninth because he done a film called Going Overboard and he's so embarrassed by it that he removed it from his own website. All right, wow. I, yeah. It's one of those that you always see, you used to see really cheap in DVD box sets. Yeah. And I think you still kind of see on the really shit end of streaming sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still you know, there, the, but he, yeah. he was so embarrassed by it, his first his first iron roll. Nice. Okay. Have you got any more? Uh, nah. Nah, that's it, buddy. I'm done. How many do you think we got? Right, okay. 1,985. <laughs> Not quite. Or 85, 85 for sure. <laughs> we did a little better than that. Oh, did we? Mm. 95? Oh, we did just a touch, just a shade better than that, John. 98? 109. What? Oh, what oh, the hell, Let's go and play good baddie. Yeah. Wow, that was a good one. Yeah, good. So before... A little bit earlier on today, before we came online, I asked the internet, and I should have done this with Twitter a little bit sooner. Uh, Facebook peeps, I will start asking you some things. Get on Twitter. Just get involved and get on Twitter because that's where we're doing all the stuff at the moment. I asked people to tell us, if you get the closest, we will give you a shout-out. If you get right on the number then we will tell you, well, do you know what? Everyone's getting a shout-out because there wasn't so many today. Uh, Mitch, uh, friend of friend of the podcast and uh, hopefully coming to Scotland soon to meet us. Uh, Mitch, guest 89. Cast Files, guest uh, 57. Not CAD file, not uh, the, uh, oh, the, the thing. They're <laughs> a, uh, an X-Files podcast. Guest 57. You've got to do better, guys. Uh, Hallmark of Greatness, who do Hallmark movies, guest 74. The winner, though, today, being the closest, but still being miles off, Gavin, is Gavin Belson from Be There With Belson. He guessed 92. Yeah, it was all one had bloody faith in us. I know, yeah, exactly, but not enough faith. Dan, I would assume, probably would have guessed more. So, Gavin, thank you. Uh, Be There With Belson, for those that don't know, is a podcast of two brothers who have a crack every week, current affairs quizzes, all sorts of nonsense, if you want to get a bit of an idea for their specific brand of behaviour. Dan was on an episode a few weeks ago for Army of the Dead. He taught us a lot about wrestling and the size of a particular actor's schlong. <laughs> and fact of the bloody show, wasn't he, with that bloody... Um... Liberace's he bell. It was Liberace's bell. No, no, that, that wasn't the schlong we were talking about, John. I think it was a different one. I'm confusing the two. Indeed, you are. Conflating, conflating Dan schlong. We want to thank you for everything that you've been doing, but please, please, please donate to LGBT Youth Scotland. Again, that website, lgbtyouth.org.uk forward slash donate. Give them a a pound, give them a hundred pound, give them whatever. It's Pride Month specifically, but if you're listening to this later in the year, if you're listening to this five years down the line, give them some cash. The work they do with, with young people is absolutely smashing it's so important yeah. it's so difficult for, for for kids to come out or to to find safety and security these days please mm-hmm. 
get involved with them. If you want to listen to a podcast and it's still June, then we will donate to them as well. Buy us a coffee, please, if you've got even more money left over. If you're loaded, if you didn't lose all your money, Bill Gates, in your divorce, (laughs) uh, then buymeacoffee.com forward slash 100 things. We'll take a coffee. We'll take more than one coffee. We will take gin. We do not care. Uh, You'll get us on the Twitters at 100 things pod. You'll get us on Instagram and Facebook at 100 things film uh it is listener request month you have if you're listening to this as it goes out the week it goes out you have got five days to get your request in please do to 100 things film pod at gmail.com that's the number 101 things film pod at gmail.com or send us a dm with a recording of you, who you are, and what film you are asking for. This thing gets longer and longer, but come July, it will not be, will it, John? We'll have a lot less to say. Yep. (laughs) Tell us what you have got to say, John Boy. I've got to say this. Thank you, fans. I hope you're enjoying the football. hope you're getting your vaccinations, and hope you're keeping safe. So that's all I've got to say. Fantastic. By the time you hear this, you will find us at That F King Show uh, on their podcast uh, with Ben and Fiona at Film Floggers arguing, fighting and basically trying to win a film quiz against one another. Money and money for charity is involved. It's like that bit in Bullseye where the darts player yeah. used to throw, except I'm the big fat darts player and I don't throw very well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look up that fucking show, uh, F-King show, on your whatever you listen to and listen to us on that. We had a whale of a time. That was great good. I totally enjoyed it. Yeah. I really do. You need less to see who win as well because we can't give it to me. Yeah, absolutely, and I can't remember. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> bloated. No, I can remember. Uh, yeah. um, he was effing mortal. <laughs> was indeed. Guys, thank you so much. Next week, we will be back with our final episode of the month before we get into listener requests for the July. So exciting. I can't even do that properly. No. Try to be made on the Vazel or one of those. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, we have been 109 things we have learned from 2004's The Wedding Singer. And you will only get that if you listen to the outtakes. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Cheers, guys.